folks, this is Deceptively Clever, a history podcast that's casual about the truth. I'm Justin, we're about to call John. As always, there's one object, two true statements, and a complete lie. This week, that object is a fountain in a famous garden. Enjoy. I'll start counting. One, two, three... You can't slow down when you do it. You're a whole number behind. What? Not in my earphones. Yeah, when I get to 10, you're on 9. The speed doesn't matter. I'll still... I'll show you what it looks like when I join them up. I can already... I feel like my entire life just got better. Anyway, how did you make your coffee so quick? It's just instant coffee. Oh, okay, I see. The kettle was already warm. Because I hadn't even put the Instagram story up yet. And you were like, okay, I'm back. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, will, I will just say, by the way, I forgot to mention when we were talking about our American listeners. Um, some of the feedback has been um, adorable accents. So <laughs> you explaining your ideal Tasmanian day. Uh, <laughs> when did I do that? Well, your nice bushwalking. Um, oh, today you think that might yeah. that might hit some strings? Yeah. Um, I guess to be honest, that's the only good thing about. I don't have a very pleasant voice, but I have definitely noticed that people from around the world can tolerate the sound of my voice uh, much more happily when it comes with an accent they're not used to. So, so that's a win. I don't think you can go past a northern British accent, though. I do That's pretty the thing well. I'm happy with. I know full well I am becoming the villain of this podcast, and I'm not alright with it. Everyone wants I you am to win. Right with it. Everyone <laughs> wants you to win, and it's it's not okay. Alright? I'm a human, I'm a person, I have emotions. I, I don't think that for one second, Justin. I think everyone's on everyone's side. It's not my fault all, I keep winning. We all just, all right? we all just it's not want my fault. To, we all just want everyone to do well, don't we, listeners? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I can't wait for the t-shirt sales. I can't wait. Hello, liars. Yeah, that could be a t-shirt. Uh, shall we do an actual podcast? Yeah, I think we should probably get going. Um, is your search engine ready? Of course. Firstly, we are doing the Emperor Fountain... Emperor like fountain. the important person, fountain like the thing that shoots water. Yep. And tell me what you see when that comes up. I see what looks like a big estate or a big house with a long, what's the word, pool, um, and just a giant shooting in the middle of it, spurt of water. <laughs> That is a pretty accurate description. Shall I take from that that you do not recognise the house at the end? I don't, but I feel like maybe I should. Do you know, I, I'll tell you what, it just reminds me of very quickly. Is um, hmm. is it the Washington Monument, the one with the big spire, with the big pool in front of it? That's what this kind of reminds me of. Yeah, where they had the protest in Forrest Gump. Yes, yeah. Visually, I'm getting that because you get a big white spire at the end of a big pool. But well, 
That's actually quite an interesting thing to say. I would not run through this one to get to Jenny. Um, (laughs) No, it looks a bit deep. This is the very famous Chatsworth house. Oh, oh dear. um, I once said to a a mutual friend of ours the other day, oh, I've never been to Derbyshire. How do you say that, John? Derbyshire. Derbyshire. I said, I've never been to Derbyshire. And she said, yes, you have. And I said, I don't think I have. And she said, I went there with you. And I said, oh, uh, Chatsworth <laughs> House is in is in Derbyshire, just over the border of Yorkshire. Um, mm. The house is probably as famous for being in the Pride and Prejudice movie. It is the place they used to be Mr. Darcy's uh, family home. But, uh, which I, is all fine. Yes. I couldn't have said this was Chatsworth House, but it does look... I mean, that's pretty bad for me, but it's obviously iconic of things like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's a pretty famous house. Picture yeah, was... Pride and Prejudice and things like that and just picture Chatsworth House, you've got it. It's the iconic It's the iconic sort of country estate house of very, very rich people. I'd it's say probably nice. only the, the Downton Abbey one's more famous now, but what can you do about that? Yeah, very lovely. So it's a beautiful squarish house with this is the canal pond that we're looking at. And the object we're focusing on is the fountain that is in the middle of the canal pond. And that's at the bottom of a really beautiful garden, which has got now a maze. And it's had a very impressive vegetable garden when I was there. It's always had very impressive flower gardens. That was true also in 1843. The sixth Duke was in residence at that time. And he gets a letter from the the Tsar. Is that how we're saying Tsar as in ruler of Russia, John? Yeah, the, the Tsar, yeah. Tsar Nicholas I sends a letter. He says, I'm coming over. I'm going to swing by your house next year, 1844. What is a man to do when the Tsar of Russia is coming to your house? Well, the only mm-hmm. logical thing open to do is build the world's tallest fountain. <laughs> you probably are going to have to open your doors as well. But the most important thing is that you have the world's tallest fountain. That'll show them. Uh, it turns out that the Tsar Nicholas I had a big fountain in his house, but it wasn't the biggest in the world. So so the challenge was on... Loser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was going to be utterly embarrassed. He was going to be simultaneously impressed, charmed, um... So the best thing they could possibly do was get the best garden architect in the world onto the case, who also happened to be their gardener already, Joseph Paxton. I think he became Sir Joseph Paxton. Because this of the is a man who built, thank you very much, of Crystal Palace fame. He also cultivated the Cavendish banana, which is the most consumed banana in the Western world still. That's a story for another day, but I just feel like that deserves to be in the byline. That's cool. He, what, he, um, he helped make the Cavendish banana. Yeah, he was a gardener as well. So he specialised in building greenhouses at a time, like building glass greenhouses when that wasn't really done, to grow exotic fruits in England. Obviously that went to the extreme scale of building Crystal Palace for the Great Exhibition uh, in his spare time. You're going to have to have good statements if you decide to skip over the fact that there's a man who's famous for making the most popular banana. So yeah. Well, that was not at all relevant to the fountain. I thought it was a bit tangential <laughs> to, to bring that in as one of the statements. That's, I have that's actually... my favourite tactic, though, to be very tangential with your statement. Yeah, I'm not saying the statements are good. 
at this point. Um, <laughs> so they get him involved. Basically, he's just like no brief particularly other than world's biggest fountain. Here's the pond. Here's the house. It's got to look good when you're standing next to it. Go for your life. So old uh, Joey builds a lake 110 metres up the hill uh, from the house. I don't know if that's 110 straight up or 110 metres along the ground. I reckon it's along the ground, but it could be literal height. I will say someone needs to write a really good article on this fountain to help anyone else who in future would like to do a podcast about it. (laughs) Um, So they build a big lake up the top, which it's going to fill with water pretty naturally because they're on a slope. The other pond fills with water in the same way. They then stick a 40 centimetre iron pipe straight down the hill. In the middle of the canal pond, they put a spout, a few spouts, sort of closed end. Uh, it took six months to get this, and <laughs> they got a jet that reached 90 metres. I have oh absolutely no idea how they measured this. I don't know whether they stood on top of the house and sort of looked straight out. I don't know whether they put a structure next to it. They've claimed 90 metres. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course they claimed 90. But yeah, looks about yeah. like 90 metres, yeah. I don't know what more we could possibly... I don't, we can't question it. I don't think they lied about it. Um, it's, a, it's not quite a centurion tree, though, is it? No, no, they did not They did not shoot water higher than Centurion Tree. No. Absolutely not. Categorically, no. Never. Do you have any questions before we get to the statements? I don't have any questions, but it does look a bit out of place, doesn't it? <laughs> like, just a giant... That is very relevant to one of the statements, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just a giant tower of water sticking in front of a very nice house. Yeah. It's also, like, again... a really... It's a very serene place to go, and, uh... The fountain was like, not at full force when I went. It was barely on. They're just like, boom, water. <laughs> I think it would be better if it wasn't on all the time. They just, like, shot occasional spouts out. Yeah. Is it on all the time? I was assuming that this was, like, peak peak spurt. But this is constantly going. Look, in my opinion, most of the photos are of relatively peak spurt. You can see one where it looks like it's much lower than the house. It's really yeah. hard to tell. Um, but it doesn't run at full capacity very often oh, anymore. If I was, if I, if I lived in Chatsworth House, I'd always need the toilet. You just hear that going all the time. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. As you said, I just realised I made a mistake in one of the. I made a, a typo. Um, Don't worry, I won't notice. No, you, you won't notice. No. You ready for <laughs> statements? I'm ready for some statements. Okay. Statement number one: the fountain setup and the lake that's above it now generates a third. Of the house's electricity. Wow. We said that like I... it's true. Um... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just thought that I'm like, oh, that's a good fact to know. I'm going to go tell everyone before we finish this podcast. Yeah, maybe hang on to the end, folks. Um, yep. Statement two. Are you ready for statement number two? Okay, good. The seventh Earl of Devonshire's wife, whose name was Blanche, had it uninstalled and threw away the nozzles because she thought it looked ridiculous. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> and thirdly, are you ready for three? I am ready for three. Tsar Nicholas I never saw the fountain that was built for him. Oh, sad times. Sad, sad times. Right. Let's do let's do three first. Okay. I want to know more about Tsar Nicholas I coming to Derbyshire, Chatsworth House. Well, quite specifically, the point was he did not come to Chatsworth House. So he, he never made it at all? He didn't. He didn't come. I don't, I don't know whether he didn't come to England at all, but he 100% did not come to Derbyshire. 
Another what? Russian person did come and see it in the year they said they would, 1844, which makes me think the Tsar did not leave Russia. Who was the person or, who came? Uh, some, some prince. I've got a name here. His name was Prince William. Was it Willem? Willem. Wilhelm. And he was Russian? Yes. That was his son. So, so- the, the heir to the Tsar. Oh, God, I'm really racking my brain for my Russian history. The Empress son. Um, so he just sent... Well, so someone did see it, just not yeah, the right no, I have, I have written it down. It was Prince Willem Wilhelm of Prussia when he saw it Russia. in 1844. So he just sent... So someone else turned up and saw it, but not Tsar Nicholas. Bold yeah, for him to... Yeah, not the guy. So, not, not the emperor. Not the one they built it for. God, that's annoying. I bet he's done that to loads of people and said, I'm coming. You better build something. Well, Downton Abbey basically made an entire film about this. Like, when the king says they're coming, it's a big deal. I think it's ridiculous. You don't say you're coming round and not turn up at the best of times. Certainly not when someone builds the world's biggest fountain for you. In the Downton Abbey film, did the king not turn up? No, the king turned up. That would be funny if they did a whole film about it and they just go, yeah, he's not coming. Spoiler. Yeah, it turns out it was too expensive to cast, so they just made the king a shadow off-stage character. Nah, the king turns up from memory. Is he... What, do you not really see the king in the film? You do see the king. Good actor? Yeah. I can't really remember. It's kind of difficult because they had the king in an earlier episode when they present their niece as a debutante. And I can't remember whether they use the same actor or not, but Downton Abbey is the kind of show where you don't want to be using two different actors for the same character. But the king only had one line or two lines in the the initial one. In Downton Abbey, if the if the curtain fabric is a bit too wrong, then you'll get some complaints about it. <laughs> yeah. I've never gone and, like, I don't want to see them, I've never gone and looked for those, like, YouTube highlights where all of the mistakes, like the Coke cans sitting on the table are, are in there. But I do love the ones where they're like, well, it turns out that this particular box hadn't actually been imported to England at this time, so it's not <laughs> possible for that furniture to be there. So, all right, mate, like, do you understand how these movies are made? <laughs> So, um, back to the statement. Did, uh, was there a re- reason given why he didn't t- show up? Not in either the materials or the source materials. I-, I very firmly believe he did not come to England and sent the attachment instead. Or I'll change the dates, but unconfirmed. I guess I could have tried to go and find records of Tsar Nicholas's movements, but believe me, I tried. So, how, do you know if it was expensive? You know what, they didn't actually put a cost in. I suppose maybe cost wasn't an issue. And therefore, felt no reason. Well, they had full-time gardening staff. Like, they've used their in-house gardener and their staff. Yeah, no, sorry. No no price. Six months was the the best. It's an ugly fountain for someone not to see. (laughs) You're happy you didn't come. Relations between England and Russia would have been much worse if you had have come. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of stupid. So it's got, for it's just got a few rocks at the bottom and they just kind of hold a spout. And then visually, all you actually see is just a big shot of water, which there's always seems to be a little bit of a breeze and it just goes off to the side. It is literally yeah. just like turning on a fire hose yeah. in the middle of a pond. I mean, there's not much to pick apart about that statement. The fact that he just, he didn't turn up. <laughs> no, he didn't go. He sent someone else. Yeah. Correct. Well, there you go. Uh, we'll move on then. Uh, okay. Statement one, the pond and the fountain generate a third of Chatworth's house electricity. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So I'm assuming there's some sort of water turbine setup. There is literally a water turbine setup. It's been upgraded a few times, but as we are at currently, it is connected to the house, so they get to actually use the power, which I think makes more sense than having a stupid fountain on. I feel like we've been a bit negative yeah. about the fountain. I'm, I'm pro-fountain. Um, I'm anti-fountain. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, and fair as enough. we know, the, the listeners are with me. <laughs> I think if you just go and see the charm of it, you would change your mind, John. There's lovely squirrels running around. I actually went when it was snowing. It was very hard to walk. It took a lot of effort to get down to the fountain to see it. Oh, if, um, I, if I go to Chatsworth House, I'm going for the fountain and I'm going to love it. But you will see the you will see the fountain if you go right now. It's not captivating me. <laughs> You're not on board. Um, well, luckily I, you I can. I need to see it in action. I think you can rest happily as you look in the windows of the house and see lights on. That a third of mm. that brightness has been delivered. Um, so by the setup. So there needs to be flowing water for a water turbine. Where's the water flowing? All I'm seeing is a big pond. So the, the, the big pond where the water comes from is 100 metres up the hill, 110 metres. So they have another water reservoir up there, which catches water. Okay. I should say below the house is a river called the River Derwent. There's also a River Derwent in Tasmania. Hello, people <laughs> from Hobart. Um, so Chatsworth House is on a hill, and basically water falls down the hill. So the canal pond in the photos that you can see... Yeah. always had water in it because of this process. They just went up the hill, dug another big hole, caught the water in there, and they just have a little gate where they open it, comes down, shoot it up a fountain, turn some turbines. It all ends up in the river eventually. So is it just the one turbine then in this um, one? Because I feel like that's a lot of... Hmm. So they connected it first time in... Uh, connected it the first time in 1893. 1936 it was connected to the house... Then they upgraded the turbines in 1988, which is when we got to the about a third. I hope they're being more energy efficient now than they were 30 years ago. And so maybe that's gone up a little bit. I also wonder how much electricity Chatsworth House takes up. Because I'm oh. assuming that you can't go around much of it and it's just going to be lights, in it? Oh, they still live there. People still live there. Do they? Yeah, I couldn't go in the day I was there. I can't remember if you had to buy tickets or you weren't allowed to buy tickets because the people were still there. God, I really wish I knew more about Chatsworth House because I feel like I'm, I should do. You should go. It's good. I, we only just caught the last bus out. I don't recommend that. That was stressful. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't be clashing and dashing. We're literally out in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of nowhere, already in the middle of nowhere, and had to get back to Sheffield. <laughs> but we, we made it. It was good. Um, I'd, I'd like this one to be true because uh, it's environmentally friendly. Yeah. And um, It's a good number. I feel like it is a good number. I feel like that's quite, that seems like something they might do. Seems sensible. Because then you've got that to sort of advertise when you're showing off to people. These places cost loads. All <laughs> the this fountain's stuff. ugly, but we get ugly, but, electricity. But we're saving the planet. The only problem with that is the more electricity you get, the less you use the fountain. Like, actually, I wonder if the pressure's any different if you use a turbine. Does that compromise the pressure that comes out at the bottom? It looks like they're so. rocking about 86 metres based on the photos rather than 90, so probably mm. a bit of loss of pressure there. <laughs> yeah, it's never quite been the same as it was in the beginning. I've got to say I'm convinced. Okay, I, you uh, believe that one at this point. At this point, I do. We've never had anyone fundamentally lock in a statement as true or false before they've heard the details on all of the statements. <laughs> yeah, that'll be bad. No one's ever gone, I've listened to that, and you're lying. No one said that yet, <laughs> which I suppose is a testament to our, our lying ability. I kind of did it. I can't remember. Then I was wrong that week. I can't remember if I was wrong <laughs> because I should have gone with what I said initially. Or yes, you were I because wrong. I was I was very excited when you were like, that's a lie. And I was like, good. <laughs> so Wait. I would have been wrong if I had blocked it in straight away. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, now we're okay. moving on to number two. Number two. And, which was ugly. Yes. So this is the wife of the son 
of the person who had it installed. Yeah. And as they have... If my uh, history serves me correctly, was that Blanche? <laughs> there was Blanche, yes, your history does. And she also became I mean, a Cavendish. Everyone in this story was a Cavendish. To an alarming, I mean the history of this podcast. To an alarming degree, yeah. No, I was happy to, I was happy to edit out the first time I said Blanche. Just <laughs> let you have that. <laughs> That's what I was planning on doing. Say again, everyone becomes a Cavendish. Everyone's that... a Cavendish. And you know what really annoys me? You didn't pick up on it. But it was called the 7th Earl of Devonshire. Firstly, they're dukes by this stage. So I don't know why they're not, we're not calling them dukes. Also, Devonshire is not in Derbyshire. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> I, hate it when, I hate it when England does these kind of things. Like, at any point, Parliament could have just said, right, let's stop calling him the Earl of Devonshire because he's in Derbyshire. <laughs> but no, they, they didn't. Nah, didn't do it, didn't bother. No. And so she thought it was ugly, so she got rid of it. She's like, this is ridiculous. The gardens are a very serene place. It's very calm and tranquil. You're literally out in the countryside, and all you hear is this whooshing of a fountain. Um, there was quite a lot of people around, but I could still hear it when I was there. So she's just like, nah. Had it, had it dismantled. She didn't take away the infrastructure, obviously, but because um, we've got it again. She just got rid of the... She had them get rid of the nozzles and the rocks... I couldn't figure out whether they put a cap on it and let the pressure go somewhere else or they just let the water fall into the pond. But given that it works anyway, I don't think it matters either way. Like, I don't think it matters whether they diverted the water down straight into the river or just let it go into the pond. I'm I'm team Blanche all the way. <laughs> With Blanche? Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of it. I am a, to anyone who loves this fountain, I am really joking. You can keep it. But, God, it's well, weird, you, isn't it? You, you haven't been, and you did not recognise one of the most iconic houses in England from pictures. <laughs> so I don't really think you get much of a say, with all due respect. Yeah, I don't think, don't think people listen to my opinion on it too much. But, uh, no. It is sad that she got rid of it. Um, well, it's back now. She was happy. Yeah, when, when did they bring it back? Uh, good questions. So she died, and uh, I, think she, I didn't say this, but I think she might have been a bit annoyed that the Tsar didn't come and see it as well. But at this point, we have only, like, some things that a website said about it, so I don't really want to attribute too much fact to her yeah. motivations and mood other than we know it was gone. Um, so she died in 1850, so six years after the prince came to see it. So I reckon she got rid of it pretty quickly after, and her husband and sons turned it back on after she died. So it did say that uh, she was very... What do they say? She was, like, mourned heavily. Everyone was very sad when she died. But they turned the fountain back on, so I'm like, well, how upset were you really? They're like, we'll make it the memorial fountain. Yeah. <laughs> Did she die peacefully in her sleep without the sound of water splashing about outside? I reckon she died horribly of a disease we would know how to cure now. But that's my guess. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it wasn't in childbirth, and that's the normal cause. Yeah. Um, oh, all right, well... Who knows about these statements, then? They're all sort of... They all could be true. <laughs> <laughs> well, two of them are. <laughs> One day, I'm going to make a mistake and actually lie twice. Or uh, just forget to put a lie in. So that I'll be uh, about them. I was looking at them just as I started saying them really stressed. Because I, I do the research from a lot of... Quite a few sources. But I don't cite the sources in the statements. So I'm looking at them and I'm like... I mean, after... It? I have to critique you a little bit. I'm not sure you've done that much research on the Tsar Nicholas not turning up. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I was kind of just like, he didn't come, and here's the person who did come. There yeah, there's not that much to say about it. So you wanted more details on that, did you? No, well, there's no more details, is there? Yeah, why didn't he come? Yeah, why didn't he? I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think this is a thing where I couldn't find more details by searching for the fountain. I probably could have used my brain 
and five years worth of university research classes knowledge to go and find out where he actually was at a specific date um because it's very hard for me to say that's i'm going to say that's probably true because the statement is only that he didn't see the fountain i did not say why in the statement all right now who's the sneaky one i'm going to say i'm going to say that's probably true and you're probably trying to use it to say like this one's very simple dismiss that so i'm going to say that's true okay and then it's I suppose whether I'm going to say... You've already locked in the electricity one. Well, I can change my mind. You can. It's your prerogative. Unless we're doing first first answers only. <laughs> in which case, I'll be screwed whenever we do this, because I always change my mind. I was going to say, um, none of us would be brave enough to say <laughs> anything ever. It wouldn't be a podcast. It'd just be 30 minutes of silence and then statement one. <laughs> you accidentally say, as I'm reading out statement one, that it's a lie, and I just hold you to that. Lock in. You're yeah. wrong. I just read a really nice t-shirt that says, hello, liars. And then, ah, oh, damn it, I've lost everything. <laughs> hello, hello, liars. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that statement one is, no, wait, not statement one. Statement three is probably true, which is the water turbine, isn't it? Uh, I'm pretty sure the order was statement one was the electricity. Statement two is the wife. And statement three is that the Tsar never saw the fountain. Yes, you're definitely right there. I think statement two is a lie. You think statement two is a lie? Yes. Oh, you're not You're not going with Blanche. I think that Blanche will never have taken down such a beautiful, beautiful fountain. <laughs> well, that is a dramatic turnaround. <laughs> and so the logic is basically just that you've knocked out the other two as true. I think, yeah, I think San Nicholas, fair enough, probably didn't turn up. There's yep. not much to unpack. Let's just go with that one. And then I think I quite like the idea that a third electricity comes to the turbine, so I kind of want that to be true. Yep. And while number two is funny, and I probably agree with her, a bit harsh to put it back up again, isn't it? <laughs> okay, that's so, that's where the that's where the story fell down. So you ready for the grand reveal? I am. That is one hundred percent correct. Well done. We've done it. We've done we it. Are we can no longer lie to each other ever. Yes, I had to be quite careful with that one because I had the idea that she threw away the nozzle. We did lose the initial nozzle, and that's why probably it's never been as high because no one really knows what the first nozzle was like. Um, so Joseph Paxton oh, really? got a better height than anyone has ever gotten out of it since, even with all of our modern technology. Or they didn't measure really? it properly in the first place. So yeah, part yeah. the reason my part of the story was like she just chucked it and no one ever got it again. Joseph Paxton was dead, so we had no one to ask. Um, on your turbines that you like so much, the original turbines actually came from Kendall. Really? Well, Gilks. Oh, wow. The company was called Gilks of Kendall in 1893. Gilks. Yeah, Gilks. Gilks. I know, know Gilks very well. My other guess was Gilkies, so I was never going to get pronunciation. Um, oh, that's, yeah, 1893, that's the first turbines, turbines came from there. So they didn't hook it up to the house at that point. They just generated electricity. Don't know what they did with it. Blanche actually died at 28, which was sad. Oh, that is sad. Yeah, one day we need to talk about... We probably will talk about Joseph Paxson again because he designed a lot of things. Most of them are objects. But I did have a little anecdote to finish. So he got hired by the sixth duke to manage the gardens, who was also the duke that built the fountain. He went to have a look at some gardens in London at Chiswick House. 
Um, really liked the gardens, asked to meet the gardener. Joseph was only 20 at the time. He offered him the main job, keeping the gardens at Chatsworth, which was probably the best house in the country or close to. Um, accepted the job, so they sorted out the terms. And then here is a quote from Wikipedia. Although the Duke was in Russia, Paxton set off for Chatsworth, ha- Chatsworth House on the Chesterfield coach, arriving at Chatsworth House at half past four in the morning. By his <laughs> own account, he had explored the gardens after scaling the kitchen garden wall, set the staff to work, eaten breakfast with the housekeeper, and met his future wife, Sarah Brown, the housekeeper's niece, completing his first morning's work before nine o'clock. It's no wonder that man built the world's tallest fountain, or the Crystal Palace. He was not there to mess around. That guy's an efficient worker, isn't he? That was... Yeah, Jesus. Next time we we record at 4.30am, I'll remember that. Yeah, I'm going to use him as inspiration for uh, next week's research rather than doing it last minute. There you go. <laughs> well, I actually did mine quite Although... early, even though you, you were unhappy with the, the czar bid. I did mine a couple of days ago. Although I could use him as inspiration, and if we record in the morning in Edinburgh, I'll just get up at 4.30 and do it all. So, depends really if I want to be really last minute, or well organised. Oh, we record at 9. I think it's got to be a pretty good episode if you sit back and say, this guy had already started work and met his wife. That's a good effort, isn't it? Before 9 o'clock, but... I've got a question about Blant. Mm. Did she have any opinion on the fountain? (laughs) Nothing on the record, no. Was that all just slander? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I reckon she thought it, but... I reckon a lot of people have thought it. That's a good point. Just tell... You you can say an emoji, people know what you're saying, and it works. Sunglasses emoji. I don't use emojis, so I can't do it. Sorry, everybody. Nor do I. Sorry, everybody. I'm firmly firmly anti-emoji. This podcast is anti-fountain and anti-emoji. No, I like fountains. Half of this podcast is anti fountain <laughs> What we need is a Venn diagram of all the things <laughs> that I'm against, all the things that you're against, and all the things we're both against. And the and we'll have one for everything we agree with, and in the middle of that one is moon milk. You haven't tried it yet? Yeah, I'm pro, pro moon milk. Okay, then whiskey. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, can we both say we're pro moon milk when you stick cow milk in it? and honey and i put oat milk okay then yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to have separate we're gonna have to have a separate venn diagram about our moon milk preference we could write an essay on our thoughts on moon milk and then just keep the venn diagram intact we're definitely both pro whiskey yeah moon milk sounds like a drug mm. comes in a little like silver sachet and don't know what you do with it <laughs> put it under your tongue put it on your tongue and then you feel like you're floating there you go i'll be really honest illicit drugs are not my area of expertise um nor are they mine no, I, I don't really understand how most of them work. I don't either. One time I had to pick up a bunch of um, little nitrogen canisters from outside a place I was working and I was really annoyed about it and I didn't know why they were there. I obviously knew they were not there for a good reason. And then someone told me what people do with little nitrogen tanks and I was like, geez, now I'm even more annoyed about having to pick all these up. Yeah, I definitely, when we lived in Sally Oak, used to see them a lot and was quite curious about what they were. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. You also did not know. Yeah. I also did not know. That just seems weird, doesn't it? But there you go. Seems, seems stupid. Yeah. But there's a little insight into both of us. I don't know why they couldn't just come down and pay £3.30 for a pint like the rest of us. Oh, £3.30? Is that how much it was? No, that's a reference to our friend Sam, who likes to only drink in places where you can get three pints for £10, which I think oh, is yeah. a, good, a good way to live. He could not live in Edinburgh. <laughs> he could not live in Launceston. He... Don't even really know how he lived in Birmingham. 
I guess there's more range in Birmingham. Yeah, you have to eat. There's a lot more places to look in Birmingham. Mm. Edinburgh, Edinburgh, you're good if you can get two for a tenner. I enjoyed that one. That was also a good object. I think we were a bit giggly during that. Well, I mean, it was a fountain. <laughs> oh.